Welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis. For over 130 years and 34 years before women had the right to vote, Avon has been empowering women to rewrite the rules for business success. Sparked by female entrepreneurship, each episode features spirited discussion with motivating, inspirational, and candid real-life stories and secrets to success and how to make it happen. Join us as industry power players share their personal success stories about embracing opportunities, embracing failures, trusting their gut along the way, and everything in between. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis, and on today's show, we are so thrilled to be joined by an uber-successful, amazing woman, a truly impressive entrepreneur, and the star investor of a well-known television show that I think all of our listeners are aware of, which is called Shark Tank. If you haven't guessed by now, it is Barbara Corcoran. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. I've never had anyone call me an uber whatever. An uber successful. It's like extra super amazing successful businesswoman. Ooh, and, uh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'll take it as it, as it comes. Yeah, you should add it, add it to your you know, LinkedIn, put it on your books. It's going to be the new thing going on. Okay, forward. all right. So Barbara, you recently were the keynote speaker at Avon's National Sales Convention, which we call RepFest. What a great group of ladies. Oh my Highly gosh. enthusiastic. I was like, whoa, I didn't expect this. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. an understatement. <laughs> and you received from this highly enthusiastic group of people a standing ovation in front of over 6,000 of Avon representatives. They really went wild for you, and it's no doubt why they did. And during your keynote, on a personal level, it really resonated with me. It was such an amazing story. Your journey has just been Mm -hmm. so interesting, so colorful, and, you know, so many different tenets really stuck with me, including not letting anyone get in your way and being so resilient. And you shared strategies that you learned throughout the course of your life so far in business to inspire, to motivate, to ignite others, both in business but also in life. And truly, that was absolutely amazing. So I would love it if you would share some of these tips about inspiring others with our listeners. Well, I think what I'm very good at doing is listening, (laughs) and that's always the beginning of any kind of leadership role. If you listen well to what somebody really wants, what's bothering them, uh, what they're afraid of, what they dream about, what stands in their way, if you really listen hard, I think that's the beginning of inspiring someone, but what I'm always doing is trying to figure out a key, a key or two as to what might be helpful. And so I think my sheer ability to really tune in and listen with both ears wide open is a great place to start if you want to inspire anyone that you come in touch with, whether it be the folks at work, if you're building a team, or whether it be your own kids, although I'm not as good as that. I don't think anybody (laughs) ever is. Or your husband, which I'm hopeless at, so I don't even know why I'm I'm naming that one. But I'm generally fairly good at getting people to believe in themselves. And I think my starting point is I try to identify, first off, on gut reaction, the minute I meet someone, what I think their assets are. And so it's something from as odd as beautiful, shiny hair. I'll say that to someone. You have beautiful, shiny hair. You have gorgeous skin to, wow, your eyes are beautiful. You really lock in when I'm talking to you. Wow, I have those, you know, those eyes. I would trust your eyes. With anything, you've got the kind of eyes that are so trustworthy. You've got a million dollar smile. Do you use it? You know, do you use it when you're selling? So I always try to pull up a physical asset uh, because people 
who have great physical assets are very often not told about them, you know? Just something about your handshake is so rock solid. You have a terrific handshake, which is very often the case, particularly with women. I find generally have better handshakes than men do nowadays. Mm -hmm. So I start out with trying to compliment a genuine asset, not make it up, but generally what I can pick up about the person. Then after that, I just try to really tune in as to what's holding them back. And you know what I find the number one thing? is holding people back self-talk. Yep. What they're saying to themselves, you know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to just go, go on. No, a this tent. is so great. The reason I ask you this question and what I'm loving where you're going with this is that, you know, we have this amazing field of independent sales representatives or Avon representatives who, who do have to not just inspire themselves to keep going because they are all entrepreneurs in their own right, but also have to inspire others because they have teams. So I, I'm loving what you're sharing. Please continue. So certainly self-talk, like I know I speak from experience because I've had to hammer out the self-talk that was negative in my life very early on and replace it with my own new little tapes that go on in my head, which maybe they're, they're fancy full, but they get me to where I want to go. So the negative self-talk is I'm not deserving or anything in that thing. I'm not doing enough for my family. I feel drawn and quartered. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough spouse. I'm not working hard enough. I didn't organize this thing uh, good enough. All these things that are self-critical. Now, I have as many self-critical complaints on myself because I'm very demanding of myself more than anyone. But I've learned to, the minute I go there and start hitting myself on the head to let it go, that, and I've done that years. And I still go into it because I'll tell you what goes on. If you go and, and give it a credence, you add more to the list. And before you know it, you're going down a rabbit hole. And while you're going down that rabbit hole of self-doubt, it can often lead to self-pity. But one thing for sure it always does, it gets you where you don't want to be inside a hole. All the good stuff is up on top, outside the hole where the sun is shining, the trees are glistening, the flowers are blooming. So I'm always thinking of, oh, oh, oh I'm going down there. So I replace my tape, any kind of self-doubt at all. And the worst kind of self-doubt in business for me has been, oh, I don't really belong here. I can't compete here. This is old boys network. This is this, that, that, that. All the reasons it was a mistake for me to come and try. That's the worst of all. So when I go down that rabbit hole now, I have an automatic kickback tape because you are amazing, Barbara. <laughs> You are phenomenal. Oh, my God, you're so terrific. I can't believe how good you are. You're of course, backed up by nothing at that point. But I just make sure I start giving myself all these amazing psychological pats on my back. And if anyone is in opposition to me and what I think of myself, whether it be a sales call, whether it be a, you know literally a door closing your face, whether it be someone snubbing me, whether it be someone making a promise that I know they're not going to keep, whether someone thinks they're better than me or dismisses me, anything in those areas where the negatives coming from the other people, I go into another version of my self-tape that goes like, oh yeah, well screw you, you just wait, I'll come back and get you, you'll watch it, you'll eat those words or you'll eat that attitude. You think you're better than me? Oh, yeah. Let me show you. <laughs> I get my Irish going up. Okay. And I, the reason I do that is to make sure I stay in a fired up spot. Okay. Not that I need to be fired up every minute of my life, but certainly when I feel any negative, I've learned to kick in my fire because I've learned that all the happiest people in life are the people that get through obstacles. You know, it's not a matter of the unhappy people had more obstacles. No, no. I've seen people with hardly any obstacles at all that are miserable. 
They just don't know how to get through obstacles. And I think the number one enemy is not the competition, which is often given too much credit. The number one enemy is yourself. Mm-hmm. You stand in your own way. There's just no logic to explaining why some people with the exact same situation in life make a big success and other people don't. Right. It's attitude, self-attitude, self-praise, self lack of criticism, etc. And I love that psychological pat on the back. I just absolutely love what oh, you said yeah. about it. I think that's so important. Yes, definitely. And, you know, it's... I wish I could get in a, a hand extender where it shoots out and I just <laughs> slap myself no on kidding. the back. <laughs> and sometimes you need a little more than a pat, right? And sometimes it is that little slap. <laughs> I just want to add one other thing that I find is very helpful. I'll at least share it with you. You know, when you're building a business, uh, if it's a team effort, you have to really motivate the people around you. And I find the easiest way to motivate the people around you is to be aware of what you think the asset is. And everybody's got something stellar. Some people might have the asset as they just have a way of making people feel comfortable and listen better. Whatever it is, and I'm naming, I could go on forever, but whatever the asset of the individual you're working with is, and you should really be hunting and looking for it fast forward the minute they start working with you. For you to compliment them on that and tell them to do more of it is a really smart business move. So if you have a team member who's particularly talented at organizing and they're not very good at making the sales call, they're not socially comfortable, you can build an empire if you take them and ask them to organize everybody else on the team who might be comfortable making the sales call, the best use of their asset. So I think making the best use of an individual's gift is a very good way to motivate people because most people will happily be motivated on something they naturally do well. Try to motivate them on something they are finding very hard to do and doesn't come easily to them. You put in a lot more effort with a lot less results. So I'd like to build around people's strengths and identify them early. I think that's what I wanted to say. Yes. Well, and I really like that because tying that back into what you were saying before about, you know, changing the tone of your self-talk. If you mm-hmm. outwardly express somebody's gift, somebody's mm-hmm. asset, then you can hopefully impact their own self-talk that when you're not in the room, they can go into a room and give them, like, play your voice back if they're not comfortable telling themselves what they're good at yet or what their asset is yet. So mm-hmm. I think this is all really Absolutely. fantastic advice. Do you know, I had a I had an odd situation that happened to me when I was about 14. I was at a lake with my very loved uncle. And when I was standing by the lake with bare feet, he said to me, you have beautiful feet, Barbara Ann. <laughs> I'll tell you, I always covered my feet. I thought they were the ugliest feet in town. They're very stubby, short toes, thick feet. And you want to know, that changed my attitude to my feet to the rest of my life. (laughs) I mean, the power of someone giving a genuine compliment that they really mean resonates and stays with anyone. It's a very normal thing to be hungry for a genuine compliment and change your head about yourself based on that compliment. Well, and sometimes, you know, I think particular for women, but, you know, for everyone, believing that compliment sometimes can be a little bit hard. But once you're actually able to absorb it and you feel Mm -hmm. really good about it, and to your point, it sticks with you. And I think, you know, maybe some of us feel like there's a little bit of risk in just believing a compliment because we feel like it's Mm self-aggrandizing, but actually it's okay. And I have to say, you are, you're no stranger to risk taking, right? And just Mm -hmm. to give a little bit of your background, at 23 years old, you started with a $1,000 loan to kick off mm-hmm. your real estate business, which I just think is so, first of all, amazing. But second of all, is so relevant, especially as we're in this time in history where more and more people who are just coming out of college are 
not trying to go into a traditional, if you will, career path, but are trying to be more entrepreneurial. And so to know that at 23, you started with next to nothing. You know, I, I think that's such a big deal for our listeners to hear. So I'd love for you to share, you know, what encouraged you to take that leap of faith and to start a business. Well, you have to realize that I wasn't naive. I was 23 and I had already had 22 other jobs. So even though it sounds like I jumped out at 23 and took a thousand dollar loan and started my own business, I was an old 23 by then. I had had a lot of jobs and I knew my way around the work, the work beat, so to speak. So for me, I realized that, oh, starting my own business, I haven't tried that. I've tried everything else. You know, I'll give it a whirl. So my attitude was not as serious one and I had the huge advantage of having nothing to lose in it and nowhere to go but up and I remember consciously thinking well I'll get my wages job right back if it doesn't work out big deal okay but I also had someone willing to give me a thousand dollars and you can't underestimate that because if that individual who was my going to be my boyfriend who I met at the diner one night if he didn't give me the thousand dollars to start a business I can't imagine me saving a thousand dollars on my tips and starting out on my own So I had that huge lucky break, definitely, that he sat at my counter that night when I was a waitress, and he said, you'd be great at real estate. Why don't you try it? Why not? I've tried everything else, you know? But the minute I got into real estate, what was beautiful about it was I was my own boss, and there's no replacement on certain people, but what happens when you become your own boss? I felt totally capable, more capable than I had in any other previous job that was by any standard, less complicated, but I felt very sure of myself because I knew I could always go back to waitressing. What's the big deal? You know? <laughs> so I'm a big proponent in starting things early. The sooner you start something before you have the kids, which is going to draw on a quarter of your attention for the rest of your life, before you have the mortgage, the house, before you have what to be afraid of in life. I love the idea of people starting out young. And most of the most successful entrepreneurs I know started very young. Most, the great majority of them, when they're too stupid to know any better. That's really the truth. I know. I always think about, like, I used to climb these trees as a little kid, right? And they were just huge trees, huge. And I would never do that now. And I always think to myself, why? Was I stupid? No, I was fearless. I was fearless. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Very hard to start later when you know what could go wrong. You see? Yeah, very much so. Right. And I think, you know, with any business, right, there are all of these kind of fears, nuances. I love what you said about, you know, just like before you have all the stuff that are kind of the obstacles that we create for ourselves just as part of human evolution. But one of the things I think is like there's an internal competition, which is what you were talking about with your kids, your house, your fears, you're competing with those things. But we're also all met with competition in business just inherently. Mm. I would love for you to give some advice to our listeners on ways to stand out amongst the crowd and really leave your mark because, frankly, that is something that you have just done time and again. I think we can all, everyone who's aware of who you are, which is, you know, all of us, can say that about you. So what's your advice on doing that well? Well, I'm a big believer in having a gimmick. Okay? Mm-hmm. In other words, if, you go, if you're going to open a pizzeria in your town, you're going to be an Avon representative going after your sales turf. In essence, no matter what you do, you're working with basically the same product. Okay, You're all selling pizza. You're all selling beauty product. You're all selling whatever. And so I'm always on a hunt immediately to think, what do I got that's different? 
and how do I underline and make it stand apart from the pack? So my first point of difference, I remember when I was starting my business as a young salesman on the streets of the city was I realized in short order that people in New York tended to have a lot of money and I had none. Mm. And I looked at and they looked like they had money and I looked like a poor girl from New Jersey, which I was, all right? So the very first thing I did when I got my very first commission check is blow it on a fancy coat, which by anyone else would have said, how do you do that? $340, you only had $1,000? What are you blowing it on a coat for? Because I knew instantly I had to look the part. I just had to look like I was the type of person who could find them an apartment to rent and they should trust me. Right. And more importantly, in that code, I felt like a million bucks, like, whoa, stand by for me. Here I come. You know, <laughs> <kind of> thing. <laughs> After that, when I started getting traction as a salesman and hiring other people to work with me as salespeople, I realized that I wanted to build a company. There are tons of companies in towns, dozens and dozens, all doing what I did. Now I could stand at the nearest, at the, the highest building and shout, but I'm so much nicer. I'm so much better, but nobody was going to hear me. So I decided I needed a gimmick to get attention. And my gimmick to get attention was I just took our 11 sales for the year, added them all together, divided by 11, and published a report on one page. I typed it myself, <laughs> and I named it after myself, the Corcoran Report. And on that page was only one detail. Average New York City apartment price, $54,800 or whatever it was then. And I sent it out to everyone who wrote for the New York Times, hand-wrote every envelope, mailed it out that day. And what do you think happened? I wound up on the front page of the New York wow. Times as a real estate expert. That became my gimmick that I used for the rest of my career. And anyone who wanted any statistics in Manhattan doing any kind of a story on real estate came to me first because I always had the statistics. I always answered the phone. I called them right back. Bah, 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 bah. What can I do for you? How can I service you? How can I help you? I was Johnny on the spot, so to speak. And so my gimmick was that I've invested in businesses on Shark Tank over all these years. When I'm listening to those entrepreneurs, we've heard it all before. We've seen a million guys like this, a million girls like this. We've seen, I feel like after 10 years, how could there be one other thing that's mm -hmm. different? I'm always looking for a gimmick. I got very lucky investing in a pork barrel barbecue sauce when I had no interest in barbecue sauces and acutely aware there are hundreds of them out there. So what's these two young kids going to do in the pork barrel barbecue business that someone else hasn't done before? But lucky for them, one of them looks exactly like an adorable pig. I jumped on that business so fast because I recognized the gimmick. No one was going to forget Heath, because he's the only guy in the business that actually looks like an adorable pig, and he was willing to use it, and I was willing to run it up the That is pole. so funny. <laughs> that doesn't happen every day, but right. I'm always looking for a point of difference that could make people remember you. So Cousins Maine Lobster, one of my most successful businesses, were smart enough to use the fact that they were cousins, and named after them. They had two cousins from Maine bringing lobster on their lobster trucks around the nation. At the time, they only had one truck, but I saw they have smiling faces, two cousins arm in arm the real deal from Maine where the lobsters are and I thought what a gimmick these guys are going to sell this thing up the flagpole and they certainly have so I think it's always good I'm trying to think if I were in the Avon business calling on accounts what would I do well, I'll tell you what just came to my head first thing I would have a most amazing hat I would have a most amazing hat 
that didn't have Avon on because it's too obvious to hit somebody across the head. But I would have the hat so people could say, oh, that's the Avon lady. Oh, the lady with the hat. Yeah, I saw her at the supermarket, the lady with the hat. Okay, or the lady with this, or I would take my car and cover the windows with Avon calling, or instead of a horn on my bike or my car, I'd have that famous ding dong Avon calling instead. I'd do something to make myself different from everybody else. So many you good just have of to have a gimmick. It's a leg up. It's like cheating your way to success without really cheating. It gets you noticed, and getting noticed is the most important part of any business because it's the birthplace of all sales. Getting right. You noticed. can't sit on the back burner. And then burner. you give you a pitch. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, I, I love that you started with getting a gimmick, but as I'm listening to you, like I'm hearing a couple other things here, which I think are really important. I love what you said about, you know, you taking your first commission and buying a coat, both because I've always loved the phrase like dress for the job you want, also because I just love clothes mm-hmm. and I feel like clothes can be an investment. Also, you want to buy a new coat. Also, I want a new coat. Like, and yeah. blame it on me. It's the fall. I'm going to say Barbara Corcoran <laughs> told me to do it. I need a fancy coat. But also because there's also something to be said for acting the part. And your point of difference, I think, sometimes takes guts and it certainly takes initiative to think, okay, I'm going to buy this coat so I look good enough for these people to trust me. And even to the guy with the barbecue sauce company, I mean, that takes guts to want to capitalize on something that maybe in other industries he may have felt badly about it, but he was like, listen, this is actually going to work for me. And I I think all of these components, you know, a gimmick that takes that gut and takes that initiative, they seem slightly unusual, you know, about what people might normally think in business. And you actually have a podcast called Business Unusual. Unnatural and embarrassing on you, but try it on and get good reaction to it. It, you get over it. You get over yourself, so to speak. Right, you know, and then that's I when you kind of talk to your... No, that's okay. You were that's talking about my wonderful I podcast. I was. This is unusual. <laughs> it all ties together, really, because it talks to that self-talk and everything you're saying is slightly unusual, unnatural, embarrassing, and your podcast is called Business Unusual, which I absolutely love instead of Business As Usual, I, and I think that's so great. And this is a podcast where you share insights about entrepreneurship, about keeping your business moving forward in an upward direction. And I'm sure that like we could sit here all day and I would gladly open a bottle of wine and just listen to you tell us all of the (laughs) tips that you share on this show about, you know, how to keep a business moving in a positive way. But do you have a top three that you might want to share with our listeners today? Well, I'll tell you what comes to my mind. It might not be the top three, but it's the top of my mind. So here it comes. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very useful exercise. For example, if you're selling Avon products, I would sit down with a yellow pad. I like a big yellow pad, not a little piece of paper. And I would uh, make a list of all of my customers, just line them right up. Mrs. Brown, Mr. Smith, Mr. Jones, whoever you've sold product to. And I would put right next to it the source of the customer. Where did I get them from? How did I get that customer? How did I get the introduction to the customer? And then I would look at the fact and see where my customers came from. I did this for my salespeople every three months for my entire life. I mean, until we had 1,000 salespeople. I couldn't do it anymore, but my managers did. And what that is is a real eye-opener to see what's working. Most people like to invent a new idea. Let's try this. Let's try that. That's the exciting part. Like, Let's go over that mountain, see what's over that mountain. I do believe you must do that all the time in business if you're going to expand your business. But there are generally core things that produce most of your business. You ought to know what they are and go back to the well and do more of it. So if you found you met most of your customers, which often happen with my salespeople, through socializing – 
not having to do with anything but selling or anything, but you just happen to meet them here and happen to meet them there because of socializing, then I would make a toll order for myself to get out and double my socializing because it's productive. You know, you don't have to think, is there a customer in this room? How can I get them? You know, but if you're spending all your time in, in endeavors that don't produce business, you're not going to build a big business. It's, it's essential. I would also take a sit down and think, what are my assets? What do I do well? What are my God-given gifts? What am I comfortable doing? What do I do well? And then on the other side of that page, I would put a list of what I don't like about what I'm doing in my life, my work, everything, like a complaint list, you know, just bitching, bitching down the list so you get it all out. <laughs> and then I would ask myself, how do I get rid of all the bad stuff? Who can I give it to? It's interesting. I would often make a list running and building my business, and I do this religiously every six months at the New York Public Library because I didn't allow cell phones. It was quiet, and I could think quietly, and I locked myself there for the better part of the day. What I would often find is that every single thing on my what I don't like list, I could go back the next morning and delegate it to somebody, and they loved it. What you don't like can be somebody else's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Filing I'm not good at. I mean, I could do it if I have to. I hated it. I found someone who knows how to file and color code the files and put them in a logical fashion so the whole business hummed. I mean, thank God it was on my don't like list. And what a skill set. (laughs) Uh, So if you do more of what's on your what I like to do list, you can build a business pretty fast. Mm -hmm. If you get rid of what you don't like, and if you don't, a lot of people think you need money to pay somebody to do the bookkeeping. No, no, no. You can barter anything in the world. I used to know how to do certain things. I go, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. Okay, 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 okay. When I didn't have money to pay people. Mm -hmm. So you can always find a way, but staying with what your true God-given gifts are. And I would remember three, the whole key to all business is more sales. You can get as fancy as you want, but I always charted my sales. How much did I build this month? How much did I want to build? Where was I going? And I would be religious about knowing that that's 90% of what you should do should result in sales. All your efforts, otherwise the rest of it's just fooling yourself on. There's three. I think I made the three. That was three. I love that. Top of mind, maybe not top three, but top of mind three, which is perfect. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yep, I am. All righty. So what would you tell your 30-year-old self? I would tell myself how good I looked. <laughs> <laughs> Wear shorter skirts, really flaunt your beautiful figure and your beautiful face. I was so busy working. I don't think I appreciated how young I was. Mm-hmm. I would say enjoy your youth physically <laughs> and date a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very good advice. Your favorite go-to makeup product? Liquid eyeliner because it's so fast. And then I smudge it around so it looks pretty natural. Awesome. And then lastly, just because I have to know, what was the designer of the coat that you bought yourself? Oh, gosh, I you have remember? no idea. But I do remember what it did was it look the most like? expensive coat on the third floor of Bergdorf's. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. <laughs> and I didn't know designer. I know, I know them now. I'm sure it had to be a designer coat for that outrageous price. No kidding. <laughs> do you remember the color? Yeah, of course. It was a brown and white tweed herringbone, and it had god-awful fur on the cuffs up the front around my collar. When I put it on, you barely knew there was a person inside. Oh, my gosh. It looked like it was alive. <laughs> Fantastic. And it kept you warm it, it and it got really you jobs. It was poor taste, but who cares? And right. At the time, I thought it was amazing. And it served its purpose. <laughs> well, Barbara, thank you, you so it. much, so, so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to thank have you. you. Really appreciate it. Me too. And you have a great crowd you work with. Good for you. Thank you so much. 
And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and at www.avon.com forward slash podcast. And you can also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. 